It doesn't matter. We get most reviews afterwards anyway. Oh shit, they could hear us. That's right. I, I'm it's teasing. not Nox Mente. I'm without. teasing. Without some kind of goofiness, right? Yeah, yeah. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Nox Mente. Tonight's guest is Melissa Martell. She's an artist, author, podcaster, and paranormal researcher. In addition to her own podcast called Drawing Out the Spirits, Melissa has been a frequent guest on Where Did the Road Go? and a few others like Conspiranormal and I forgot that third one. You told me already. Rogens. Project Archivist. Project Archivist. So <laughs> thank you, Melissa. Welcome to the show. So, so happy to have you with us. Thanks for having me. This is this is great, Melissa. Welcome to Nox Mente and discussions of altered states of consciousness. Thank you for having me. It's a fascinating show. Um, let's get let's just dig in. I want to jump in. So when we think about the trajectory of life, we go from I mean, generally, we go from our birth to our death, those two points. And then somehow in that process, there is this um, zero point where death is birth in essence. And um, part of part of what I've personally been weaving together with the Nox Mente show is how similar these things are and how dreams really tie it all together. So if you could give us a little insight into your earliest memories um, that stick up and so they can be they can just be awkward they can be mundane they can so be if you could weird give, you know like colors images and and then move into maybe like um maybe some pop culture stuff on tv that maybe affected you stuff that still sticks out that's way back oh boy <laughs> you know, <I'm, laughs> I, go down I'm, you know it's i my memory is gotten like pretty poor lately and like i'm so in the now i mean the only i I don't remember any dreams before five years old, I would say. Like, I, I don't have any conscious... Well, it doesn't have to be dreams, things. Yeah, actual things. things that stick out. Oh, um, things. Hmm. Like what? colors, what, what, your mother's hands. What cartoons um, did you watch shows? on Saturday mornings? Yeah, yeah I mean, my, my, I didn't have a lot of TV. My early childhood was moving around a lot, so it's probably why things are fleeting and I don't have solid memory, so... It was always moving from place to place to place. You know, I had like five schools in grade one. So, um, I, you know, I might remember a cat, like when I was really, really young or, you know, my mom buying me um, chocolate milk when I was like three, like something really, maybe something like that. It would have just been me or my mother, you know, and we just moved around a lot. It, that was just how we were a little nomadic in the early years. Oh, I like that. Did you and your mother, what, are these good memories? Some are good, some are not. And it's challenging, especially in the early 80s, to be a single parent. And so some are not like, it's not, yeah, some are like uh, stressful memories and some are good memories. Um, you know, you're a little more free, you're not as rigid 
And so there's good and bad, I guess, with everything. Yeah, true. True. It just sounded sweet. Um, what about, were there things like, were there things you loved when you were young, like um, toys or playing in nature? Um, I liked my grandfather. Actually, now I'm having, so you got to talk to me a little bit. <laughs> yes. Dog my brain, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> we'll get um, there. That's my the way it goes. My grandfather had woods in the back of his house, and I used to like running out in the woods a lot. Um, um, and toy-wise, toy I remember, I don't know if you remember those things that like used to, they're like a music box. I probably had it from when I was a baby, but I remember it when I was about four. And I used to just, it was a box and you would wind up this little dial on it and it would play music. And there was this little slot where the images would move on it. For some reason, I was fascinated with that when I was really little. <laughs> oh, wow. I do remember yeah. those. Yeah, really old and like old, really old record players. Yeah. I used to carry around with like little, eight little tiny. The little like, plastic ones? No, they were like, um, yeah, they were maybe the plastic ones, but they're like, instead of the big records, they were the smaller ones. Yeah. Yeah, I the, had the, my own portable the plastic record Plastic ones, right? Yeah. Like, they were like cookies almost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you just you... brought back a memory I haven't had in ages. I'm writing it down. <laughs> Did you ever, I'm going to try and find some of those records now. Did you ever, uh, did you ever play any instruments? Was your interest in music just strictly as a listener, as a consumer? Um, uh, for me, um, yeah. I played piano when I was young for a little bit, but I could never focus on anything um, for a long time because we moved around too much. Mm. So that was the issue. And I didn't, I didn't have that. That's, that's the problem with the lack of uh, focus and structure is you, you have a trouble focusing on things because it's a little chaotic but I did play piano for a while and and I could teach myself how to play songs but I've long since lost that talent <laughs> <laughs> it's just not there anymore <laughs> and regardless of what anyone says it's not like riding a bike no no no, no. <laughs> that um woods at your grandfather's house did you play in them a lot yeah oh yeah I mean you, you today nobody goes outside but that's all you did we didn't even have you would have maybe had a small black and white tv Mm -hmm. you know with three channels and so you wouldn't have even thought to sit around and watch tv you just would have been outside and in the woods all day and I've, in fact actually my earliest dream memory is of <laughs> in a, a nightmare in those woods ironically <laughs> oh do you remember any details from it oh yeah i do it's actually it's funny because it's one of the dreams i remembered my whole life i, I can't remember lots of other dreams but it's one of the dreams that i remember um my whole life. I don't know if it reflects like the chaos or moving around a lot, but I, I was, um, we were staying, we were living with my grandfather at the time. Um, cause, um, for whatever reason, I don't know. And, um, in this dream, everybody is talking about, it, it kind of reminded me of this movie, like silver bullet, but that movie wasn't out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Where I fucking love like, that movie, by the way. Yeah, I, I know. Where everybody's going to get the, um, the werewolf like all the people are going into the woods to look for it that's actually what it kind of reminds me of except for it's some kind of monster that's getting children and everybody's going to go into the woods to look for it and it just happens to be these woods in the back of my grandfather's house and um 
for whatever, I'm going with these adults at this age and they're looking for this monster and they're looking for something big, like something like a, I don't know, a zombie or a werewolf. I don't know what it is they're actually looking for, but that's not what the monster looks like. And I can see it. It's taking on the shape of things in the woods. So I see it's a rock, but its eyes are in the rocks, in a giant rock and it's the rock, but they can't see it because they're looking for something else and it's just hiding as the rock. Oh. And I'm going like, it's the rock, but nobody's listening. And so we all leave and we go back to a house. It's not my grandfather's house and everybody's sitting there and they're talking about this monster and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm trying to tell them while it was there and they're ignoring me. And all of a sudden my mother looks up at me and goes, oh my God, it's behind you. And it goes and grabs me. Oh, and then I wake shit. up, I literally wake up from screaming right out of bed, nightmare, like four and a half or five. And that was my dream in those woods. I, I total nightmare. Like, and the dream never, ever left me for my entire life. I always remember it. And I, it was so, it was, was one of those dreams that just never left my memory for I really, really six years. <laughs> girl, I love this. And the, um, I'm really into right now, um, spirit and matter, like as, um, rock formations and mountain formations that look like things and so this mm-hmm. is kind of on topic for me did it affect your relationship with those woods wait i got a synchro no here because, actually it sorry. didn't it, it just showed me that adults don't see things properly i'm like don't trust those adults. <laughs> they don't know what bad people look like yes <laughs> valuable lesson was, jerry what was your synchro i was just watching this show on the devil's gate dam i think in pasadena is it devil's gate or devil's Devil's head. It was a giant devil's head. Um, spirit and density of matter, and um, how all these mountains and rocks and glyphs and all this stuff—not glyphs, um, just natural formations—that actually look like something. They look like heads or, or dogs right. and cats. And so, there's a lot of talk around it right now. That's very interesting. Oh. That that kind of plays into it. I love this early dream. So it didn't affect your relationship in the woods. It taught you no. an intense, intensely um, fierce lesson about adults. Yes, <laughs> I was more, I was more concerned about the adults, not the woods. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's great. Did you ever? Was it just that one dream? Did it ever recur? No, it was not a recurring dream. Thankfully, or if it was, I might have started to have trouble with the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it never reoccurred, but I never forgot it. And um, it was just so, um, it was just so, uh, it just stuck in my mind. I, I And it, it, my, it was the, it's hard to explain a dream. It's hard to explain the feeling that monstrous nightmarish figure gave you. Like, it's mm-hmm. hard to express that, but it, it, was, it was quite like, um, how you feel kind of in the dream as a child you feel like you're really powerless and all these adults that are supposed to have the control they're supposed to have it they just they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing and you're telling them what they need to be doing but they're not listening mm-hmm. because and so it's it's hard I think it's hard like you know how we have dreams sometimes and it's so terrifying when we wake up and we're really upset but when we retell it it just it's like no one can really understand because it doesn't actually logically sound terrifying but you felt terrified in the dream and so that's I think kind of how it played out because it's like so what the rock had eyes it wasn't about it wasn't just about the rock had eyes it was the atmosphere and what that feeling of that energy that villainous monster what it was going to do to me (laughs) 
Well, in the and then there's it actually has resolution because your mother actually sees it at the end. At the end, behind you. But it's too late. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was the problem. She sees she sees it when it's too late. (laughs) Yes, but but there is still like that resolution. Then you kind of become it in a in a strange way. That is a that's a really good one. You said it was about between four and five years old. Yeah, I'm probably closer to five now that I think about it. But that that's like, I'm, I'm sure I had dreams before that. But it, you know, as time goes on, it's only the really um, intense ones, you know, the vivid ones that you remember. Well, it, yeah, and this is, we talk about this a lot because really you're, you're no different really than your memory of dreams or, or dreams, right? It's also yeah. intangible. She in does, the end, she does it almost falls into the same bucket. I do what? Like disappear. Did I disappear? You did, but we don't you mention. Just cut out. We you don't just mention. Cut out for it, a second. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. We don't, we don't tell her. <laughs> oh, sorry. I guess I'm just now getting illumination. Uh, um. Okay. And so you grew up in Canada, right? Yep. Yep. I grew up in Canada. I had that dream on the east coast and but i now live on the west coast i'm like on uh, just above like washington state oh you're close to me that's excellent (laughs) i love this part of the world it's it's fantastic yeah isn't it we're lucky i feel yeah (laughs) in the san juan islands this whole area exactly um and so okay so just tying in the nature thing do you are you still a nature person well yeah i mean i'm not as nature-y I've been you know tamed to the indoor and working but I mean I'm surrounded by woods and ocean so I will I go out and on hikes in the woods still I don't get to do as much as I'd like to um because of you know working and responsibility as an adult (laughs) but I still go out in the woods and go for little hikes here and there you know it's five minutes the ocean it's you know five or ten minute drive to the woods it's 20 minute drive to a, a mountain so you can go hiking there. So I'm surrounded by, well, you know, nature. It's not hard yeah. to access. <laughs> yeah, people that aren't, haven't ever been up in this area, up in the upper Pacific Northwest, don't understand that it is actually all nature. Like yeah. the cities are just kind of plopped in the middle and the nature is like almost overcomes them. <laughs> it's, yes. So it's hard to, I like to get that on record just for clarity for everyone. So they get a, get an image of it um okay and so in this in this earlier period of your life moving more into like your teens and stuff do you remember dreaming at this period like Uh, when did you start when do you actually start having memories of dreams well I, i definitely had dreams that were um trouble like usually my my the dreams that i remember are always either I, I always kind of divide them up into like they're a forewarning dream the, the 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 dreams where I'm just you know sorting out information casually mm-hmm. from the day those ones they're gone like I will yeah. never remember and I'm I'm too heavy of a sleeper to get up and write dreams down <laughs> my me and my son we just sleep like logs so I usually have either forewarning prophetic dreams or just symbolic inner journey dreams and um you know because I mean the universe in my opinion speaks in symbols Yes, and absolutely. or or the nightmares, and I mean probably the reason why I can only remember like nightmarish dreams is because they're the most vivid, and they mm-hmm. they imprint yourself in the memory. And I'm not one to get up and write stuff down. 
Yeah. So, so fleeting dreams that are just small, I, I tend to forget. But I, I would have, like, I, I had a friend when I was young, who, um, when I was a teenager, um, who came to me and said she was being abused. And I had called um, child services and asked their, what, you know, what their opinion was. And that whole episode of dealing with her being removed from her house um, caused me like really bad nightmares. And I would get nosebleeds and I would have bad, you know, bad dreams that she was being driven away in a car or on a bus and she couldn't talk to her. And just, I would have like, I had anxiety dreams in my teen years because I had a couple of friends who were um, going through some hard times and they confided it in me and, and I didn't know what to do with the information. Like that kind of stuff happened when I was like, if, if someone told me something or they were stressed, it would cause me to, um, you know, have a stressful dream, you know, whether, and I can't remember all of them, but there was, there was a one friend in particular where I had a dream that I think I was at a bus stop and I, and she was on the bus and I couldn't get on and it drove away and, and, and a car drove by and shot me in the leg or something weird like that. And it startled me and caused me, you know, to wake up. So it's, 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 it's sad that I only remember scary dreams, but I think it's because I'm a deep sleeper and I would never get up and write them out. I just wouldn't be able to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I get that. That's yeah. I, it. I'm terrible at it trying to write. And that's why uh, since we've had recording devices, it's way easier for me. Yeah. And I still lose so much between getting out of bed and doing that though. It's mm-hmm. amazing how much, how fast they will just slip away. Yeah. What, so, but you, you're talking about things that interest me a lot is um, the prophetic dreams. Yes. So you do have these. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Ooh, and, give and us know, some examples to well, play with. Usually uh, if I have a dream, it has a different feel to it and I, and I can't really explain it. It's like, um, it's crystal clear. And it's, and I don't forget any of it. And it's very crystal clear and it's, uh, there's symbols in it. And it usually, the person in the dream won't be hazy or like sometimes you'll have dreams and the figures aren't so clear and you don't know who they are. Those are never prophetic dreams. Those are like, you know, oh, I'm going, I'm sorting something out. But if the person's really crystal clear and everyone's identified and I know exactly who it is, mm-hmm. it's, I know I'm like, hey, about three days, something's going to show up. Ooh. I'm going to give it about three days, maybe a little bit more. And I did have concerning a relationship one time that I had a dream that, um, and, and um, you know, I don't want to say any names. It was all, quite a while ago. And um, I was um, coming into a theater and this person that I had a relationship with, that was really special to me. Um, he was standing on the stage in the theater. And he was standing in front of the audience and it was like a red velvet, you know, kind of curtain, really fancy theater. And we were not, you know, really fancy. Well, you know, people, we don't get dressed to the hilt or anything remotely like that. But it was like we were at the opera or at the, you know, you know, a theater in Drury Lane in London that was all, you know, done up. And he was standing there and the whole audience was applauding and the lights were all on him and he was getting all the attention. And I was like, and I'm, but I'm standing, I'm coming from behind, like from behind the scenes, like from the backstage and his hand is behind his back. And the, so the audience can't see what's in his hand. And I, um, I'm looking at what's in his hand and it's a bottle of alcohol. And I was like, 
oh (laughs) (laughs) and and of course I mean I'm I'm not going to go into the details but I knew right away I was like hey I'm going to see something pretty soon about this person that he hides from other people he's got one personality and another one and I'm like it's going to happen and I now have to update that this person has he's well now so it was you know it's a it's a happy ending story know he's gotten a lot better but it and but it was just like a journey between us and I think that journey probably helped him get better so but it was it was warning me and 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 I didn't listen but you know I I knew something was going to happen but it was already it seemed like things were already well on their pace on their way so I just sort of ignored it because I thought well there's nothing really much I can do everything's you know I you know I don't want to start accusing people of anything but it did come right out into play and it was a dream that was distinctly warning me about what this person was going to do but because it speaks in symbols some people have troubles you know like translating translating it deciphering it or knowing what to do about it or even believing it in the first place they you know it's not logical it's not it's not a logical form of communication to a lot of people right but um I knew right away that I was like "Uh oh and and the dream had me quite (laughs) alarmed now I mean sometimes it can be an expression of my own anxiety about the situation not necessarily and 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 it's warning me that this is mine but I knew that dream right away was not just my anxiety that this was something that was going to play out and I was going to be revealed something about this person's issues the that set of symbols is incredible too it couldn't be more like tarot like here i mean those <laughs> that set of symbols the hand behind the back the curtain all of this is is perfectly um like cut out is a good example i'm glad it had a good ending yeah i mean it, it's had it's i mean we're all works in progress you know and you try not to judge people um i mean we're all trying to do our best but and some people they're doing their best they can at every time. And so it's, it's a better, it's definitely a better story, but at the time it was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At the time it was like, Oh, oh, but you know, you don't want to see people go down a bad path, but then at the same time you, you can't, sometimes you can't stop. They have yes. to do what they have to do. Yep. Some, a lot of the times I find we just observe. Yeah. I mean, that's all we can do often. And it seems like if you, metal in any way by tr- being helpful trying to relate these symbols to people it sometimes i don't know it creates new pathways and not always good do you um what about so in these in the prophetic dreams have you had any that kind of like have you had any that you knew someone was dying or died um or was death stuff um I've had I've had dreams about animals that have recently died and and right away and come back but I haven't I haven't had you know my when my grandfather died I didn't have it nothing happened I I'm I nothing I wasn't very close so I think the connection has there has to be a connection there for me to have like it has to really be like it meant for me so my 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 grandfather was really ill there wasn't I didn't have a real good big connection with him and he lived far away and so I I mean when the phone rang in the morning I knew I was like I knew they were going to tell me he was gone but I didn't have any dreams or anything like that about him though a relative that passed away recently I was um sleeping um one night and I felt like something was standing in the doorway of my room 
Yes. Yeah. And it wasn't a dream. I woke up. I, I thought it was a dream at first, but when I woke up and I was sitting there, I wasn't sleep paralysis. I was wide awake. I was sitting there. I was able to move and I could still feel something standing there. And I just told it, I, you know, whether or not it was my imagination or that person, I just said, you know what? Um, it's time to move on. <laughs> Don't stand and stare at me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> I was like, cause, um, uh, so, and, and that did it? Was, Yep. Uh, right away, it just kind of went, it just felt lighter right away. This person suffered from mental illness and ill health and, and, you know, it wasn't a very pleasant death at the end of their life. So it did feel a little bit heavy. And I was like, yep, you know what? It's, you can move on. It's, yes. It's okay. You're free now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't stand in my Do not life. linger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, how do you, in general, when you're dreaming, what, what does your dreamscape look like? Like color, black and white, sound, tactile? Definitely color. Definitely color and, and it can be vivid color, like in, in the sense of that um, prophetic dream. And I think it depends on the dream as well. I mean, like the prophetic dream, it wasn't nightmarish. It wasn't a nightmare, like, like I'm terrified. And um, so, I mean, it wasn't like that at all. It was just a very lavish, um, um, like colorful, bright and, and lush, you know, curtains, but everybody else was, you know, kind of being wowed by that when I focused in on the small little detail of the thing in his hand behind his back. And that wasn't as, you know, that was like a dingy old bottle. So um, I think it depends on the kind of dream. Um, if I have, um, oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> like two dreams just popped in my head. There's like, um, like if I have um, a more, I had actually an extremely prophetic dream when I was married. And it was like the total opposite. It was extremely um, prophetic, but it was an absolute nightmare and, and a situation way worse than than the one I told you about the relationship. The one I told you about the relationship was just, you know, was showing me something that this person was going to have to work on. But when I mean, when I was married, I would have dreams that were more like a horror movie. And um, it was um, like really dark. So I think it depends on the landscape of what you're dealing with at the time. Um, in in your waking life, or you know, it may there's some relevancy, or or there uh, there's a message. So if there's different textures or things are showing up differently, there's there's a there mu there's must be some sort of communicative message even behind textures and colors and what it looks like. But I I don't have necessarily like a theme. I think it changes, you know, depending on what's happening in in my sort of waking landscape or the situation that I'm dealing with. I like that you you really are bringing in the deep symbolic stuff here because I also think that everything everything in there is there's a meaning behind everything. Mm -hmm. And if you're if you're at all aware of it, then there is a meaning there within the symbol which we then translate. So the colors, the tactile stuff, mm -hmm. the way it feels, the scent everything yeah. Yeah. that's um yeah that's that's pretty good you're the first person who's actually really brought this kind of depth to these symbols which is nice i'm i'm all a very like if you're gonna go freud or young i'm very younging because like oh yeah for, for freud just <laughs> i think freud was projecting a lot of his issues out on the dreamscape now i don't think he was totally wrong about everything but i i think he was missing a really big picture and he was sort of projecting his own anxieties on people so you know to to sort of not see things in symbolism and archetypes and and you know disconnect this higher self from it and all that stuff and 
just see everybody as neurotic little children, I was like, wow, it didn't really connect for me. So when you're dealing with young and archetypes, symbolism and a collective consciousness, it's not, we're not just dreaming about our stuff. We're getting symbols from a whole collective, right? It's just made yeah. more sense. Absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely in the Jungian camp. Do you, so on that note, actually, speaking about um, mythos. Wait, which, wait, you wait, know, wait. Are you going to go and leave symbols without talking about chaos, magic, and sigils? You can go there. I was just going to get into right. that. Go, go there, Jer. No, it's okay. I think you just addressed it. So I did. Bring what it do, on what, in. What do you see as the, I mean, obviously there's correlations there, but do you think of that symbolism as far as input only to you, or do you try and input to the system as well? I, I think I, I probably input to the system without, with not, not even intending to do it. I think it probably just happens automatically as an exchange when you're dreaming. I, that's, I, I, I don't, cause I don't consciously say I'm going to do it, but I think every time you meditate, I think every time you think about what you want, a law of attraction, I think you're putting stuff out and you're adding things to, to the collective I, I think i think it's unavoidable i just don't think you can't not do it seeding the cloud yeah I but mean, there's a difference there in like in being passive with it and yeah. also then activating and 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 exerting some will there so. is i mean if you're actually intentionally wakefully doing it and creating symbols then i mean i suppose that you could um i suppose that you could draw from a collective and then add your own intuitions to it as well. I'm, I'm, we are actually, funny enough, we're doing a rebrand on drawing out the spirits and we've been reading a book on um, the chaos protocols, I believe. Yeah. Halfway there. It's Gordon, and so Gordon White's book. Exactly. Yeah, we've had him on. Um, we, um, so we're working on a sigil for the, that's why there's like gaps on our website now because um, we're working on, um, doing a sigil as a logo as opposed to what we had before because we're sort of getting our niche in there not my and niche get your own niche <laughs> our niche john and i we're figuring yes. out like we sort of narrowed down what the look and how we wanted it and we're reading this book and we decided we wanted something different and so i did a whole website redesign and we're working on a which is very nice by the way sigil. thank you and I admire that you're actually uh, um, imploring this this tool because that's what it is. It's a powerful tool in the chest, and it should be implored. Have a look at uh, Ryan Peverly's when you get a chance, or the Culture Podcast. Okay. I do. What do you think, Melissa? So on archetypes, which is still tying into all of this, you know, it's still they kind of tie together. I think the Jungian stuff with chaos and mm -hmm. um, so. When we're talking, and so archetypes are really, we're talking about the language of myth and, and then, it, you know, it transcends cultures and all that. And they're just some things that are, they're just threads that are through it all. When you experience these kinds of things in the dreamscape, um, how do you parse out your personal, and I'm this, we're going below your personal um, daily chatter that we are, you know, you get rid of yeah. when you're going into deeper levels. How do you parse out what's your personal stuff um, that may deal with, in, even below like the persona ego level, and uh -huh. you get down deeper into like the quadrant of your personality, and then 
the collective, the big archetypes, which, you know, a lot of times play out just like the water. This is why I always like to ask about nature and where one grows up. How do you parse out the difference to get the meaning of the dream? And in particular, since you're, the dreams that stick out are the intense dreams. So, yeah. Well, um, I've never actually like really thought about the difference between the archetypes the personal i i think it's important not to get those confused as well because um you are not the archetype i mean the archetype could be speaking to an element of you but you're not the archetype right right Right. i think it's in the eye it's definitely important to realize that i think it has to have like a a big picture message in in it's not just oh i'm sorting out some information or this person's going to do something i you know after when i had my son I was terrified that he was going to drown in my mother's pool and back. And, and so um, I would have nightmares and dreams and there was water, 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 water. And I could have taken it very like just, Oh, my son's going to drown. My son's going to drown. Um, um, It could have been raging water. It could have been dead calm water, but there was always water. And I had, I had an anxiety about it. And um, there was there was a personal message, but I think there was a bigger message of like emotions and and reflecting the world. So I, I think it was playing on if if I was like with my son, like there was one dream where I it was a calm, dead water. And I, I, I was in a boat house where we had a boat docked and I came walking down the um ramp and I his body was floating in the water and I'm screaming and I'm pulling him out and I'm trying to um revive him and he won't he won't revive and he's like maybe two and I can't and he's gone he's gone and it was like dead calm water and it's like there's a personal message to it but then there's like this archetype there that's like speaking to like this isn't about you this isn't about your son there's something about the water and there's a bigger message in that could be reflecting things that are this dream might not just be about you it could be about a state that's happening in the world too so, I mean, I'm not saying that necessarily that's how it goes, but I think you have to analyze your dream in different levels too, possibly. Like, okay, is this dream about me? Because my son, by that time, I was teaching him how to swim. Like, that's how I approached the problem was, okay, mm-hmm. instead of avoiding mm-hmm. it, let's, we're doing swimming lessons like crazy. But, uh, um, like, was this really about that I thought my son was going to, to drown or, or, or was there a bigger thing happening with everyone at that time? It's, so I think it's... Now, I didn't analyze it that way, but you could analyze it like, okay, is it about me or what else is going on in the world? Like, is other people having these dreams or is there something happening politically? Is there, I don't know what's happening with the planets. I guess you could sort of go outwards from yourself and Mm -hmm. if it's a collective or not, I actually don't, like I said, like you get so caught up in your own mind and your life and your stuff. I don't tend to do that lately, (laughs) but I think that's how I would approach it is maybe just look at, okay. Is it about me or is there other things like just analyze what's happening with the whole entire planet as opposed to, and I think sometimes that can happen where you have a dream and you think it's about you and then you realize, like you can realize other people are having similar dreams all mm-hmm. like, around the world. So I don't know, I don't know how you would find the information out, but I've heard of stuff like that where people are having similar dreams and then some big world event happens or something massive happens in, in the globe. I, I don't know if I've ever actually experienced something that epic. A lot of people had plane crash dreams before 9-11. Mm-hmm. In, an inordinate amount. Yeah. One of, the, one of the dreams I have 
is to get a database going free open source, of course, where we allow people through Knox Mente, um, somehow where we allow people to enter their dreams and where it's it's its own searchable database. So there is one of these out there, but it's for one guy's dream who's an amazing, he like 50,000 dreams, but it's all his own dreams. So it's a database that's searchable um, and, and it almost like Cliff High's bots where it picks up sub themes and subtext and overlapping stuff to get a feel on the collective for those things like uh, there's a, you know, this many people dreamed of plane crashes and then it, you know, yeah, and then that pops forward is something to look at. And then, of course, if that happens and we we have that, the only downside to that is it's on our system. So, you know, there are trolls. Yes. <laughs> you know, it would just yeah. come in and enter bogus stuff. stuff. Yeah. But yeah. that's one of, that's literally one of my dreams is to have some sort of user interface where we can, anyone can enter dreams. Well, I think Raiden had some sort of, and it wasn't about people necessarily writing dreams, but he was doing some sort of test to see if, and I don't know exactly what it was, but it was about the the um, chance versus like um, they had some sort of meter, and it would do things randomly, and they wanted they were measuring to see if the randomness changed closer to major world events, and I, I, and I think it did. I think it was showing less randomness in its choices when it major world events happened. And I, I can't explain the exact exact um, um, test that they did um, or research because I don't have it in front of me. I have it. But it was pretty elaborate. Do you? Oh, I do. Wow. It's uh, fascinating. They conducted an experiment with the global, uh, the random a, a random number generator, which they tried right. to re, uh, influence with group meditation. Right. And they did. And this they, stuff th is so fascinating. This has also been tested. I forget when it was, but it was called the Maharishi effect or dubbed yes. the Maharishi effect. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. uh, you can call it a placebo. I mean, it's praying, yeah. call it whatever you want. It's, it's the fact, it's proof that we influence reality. Yeah. But there's nothing out there with the, that's collating dreams that I know of that's searchable. Yeah. So I can go in, say, I go in, and I, I, even if I don't enter a dream, I can search dragon. And then I can pull up all the dreams that are have dragon in them, right? And, right. and look at the date timestamps and then see if there's a hit overlapping something that I had so that maybe... There is, so we get a deeper understanding of the symbols, but maybe there's some sort of communication that comes back to us personally. I mean, the, the field's yeah. wide open for possibilities. I mean, it would be. It would be fascinating to see if you're having these dreams and other people all over the world are having these dreams and there might be some force that's trying to communicate with everybody. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's probably ourselves. Uh, well, Nish, if I you mean, remember, in the end. Sorry. If you remember low those 12 months ago when we started this, I was building that database and you're like, no, 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 I want to do a, a podcast. Remember? Yes. But I said, I want that too. I wanted us to do this, Jerry, and I wanted that to happen too. So I think let's do I'm it. I'm telling you, it's already written. I already wrote it because that's what I thought <gasps> you wanted me to do. Dude, let's unroll it soon. <laughs> let's get that going. That would be amazing. <laughs> well, Melissa, you're here right here. It's like generating. You're, we needed this this um, chat. That would be an amazing project. I mean, it would be fascinating. Uh, the only thing, like you said, is trolls. 
You have to no, sign up. You have to sign to, up. To, yeah. You have to have a valid email address, you know, which anyone can get. Yeah. But what yeah. what what's a troll gonna do other than put in bullshit dreams? Yeah. I know, but that couldn't muddy the waters. It, we'll talk about all this later. But um, I'm so thrilled. I just <laughs> so thrilled. This is exactly somehow, Melissa. You were like the springboard for this right now. It's so awesome. I want to get in. So you you were kind of addressing something. This is um, I've been trying to parse out bigger symbols, and um, and so. You just you you were just talking about him. I was going to do this a little bit later, but um, water. So I want to I want to hear about your relationship with water in the dreamscape and if what kind of although the sun one is crazy that dream I'm still reeling on by the way. So I would have been upset. It's kind of upsetting oh, hearing it. No, I, yeah. I was I was very 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 upset. <laughs> Trust me, I woke up with sick to my stomach for the whole day. Yeah, and I wouldn't let him go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's and it's interesting that you were teaching him to swim at that time, though. At uh, six months, uh, my parents had a pool, and they wouldn't get a fence around it, and I was always paranoid. So they were doing baby lessons. So as soon as he was six months, we were. I was like, okay, I'm not running away from this fear. We are teaching him to swim, and he did swim lessons from like six months till he was like ten. Okay, so the dream <laughs> was before that, actually. Um, I had dreams before it and I had dreams after even while I was give, doing swim lessons. Oh, wow. So it continued because I, I'm, I, I, my, I was, oh, he would go spend the night at my mother and my stepfather's house and I would phone at like 11 o'clock at night. He hasn't gotten up to use the bathroom and um, gone out the back bathroom door down to the pool has he and she'd be like, stop it, Melissa, <laughs> stop. And I'd be oh, like, I'm I would just be the same way. Sure. Yeah. Sure that you have it all locked because you're absent-minded and you don't have a you don't have any security around your pool. It's just open, and that's how little little kids die. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's just logical. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I did. I had them all along, and and they they just fade. I think they they faded away as I realized he was a really confident and good swimmer. And that's a gift too. It, you know, I think it's important to learn swimming anyway. You never know. Plus, mm -hmm. it can be fun. What, so in though in your life though dreams and particularly looking for the um, dreams that might have like the the water monsters and stuff in them. I didn't. It it was never. I've never had a dream with a monster. It's just the water is overwhelming, or it's like high giant waves. It's going to consume everything, or like I'm on a cruise ship that's sinking and I'm at the bow and I can see the water's just coming over. It's just. And it's natural. It's the raw power of water, and it's mm -hmm. engulfing everything. It's not a monster per se. It's just um, I don't. It's just the, the raw, raw power, power yeah, of of that. And I don't know. I always saw water as linked to emotions, yeah, and being overwhelmed. So whenever I'm having those dreams, I'm overwhelmed by something. Yeah, emotional. yeah. It. I think of it too as definitely emotional content. I mean, that's classic, and and it is an archetype water yes. especially the deep the big water big waters yes a, a major archetype in the dream so like one could even say i'm i'm encountering the spirit of water like jung kind of talks about that angle in his um in in the the red book alludes to all that kind of stuff the spirit of the spirit of the elements yeah. um so okay so in in these so that's water what about fire you know, I'm an Aries, and um, 
Thank you. I was going to ask that. That was one of our questions. I've never had dreams about fire. I've never had terrifying dreams about fire. I don't, and, and I cannot, no houses on fire, no things burning. I've never been afraid of fire. That's interesting. Yeah, nice. no, I've, it's never played out in my dreams. Water has, but fire has never, not in a nightmare. I'm like, if anything, maybe I've, it's been there as like a backdrop or a campfire or a glow, but no, nothing that's going to like burn. I've never had dreams of burning or anything like that, that I can recall that I can consciously recall. Yeah. 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 Well, it doesn't have to be the crazy, it doesn't have to be crazy mm -hmm. campfire. What about like big air, you know, um, gusts in the trees, when stuff like I, that? Oh, that's good. Now, um, when I was young, <laughs> I lived in Calgary for a while, Alberta, Prairie Provinces, and I used to have dreams about tornadoes. Ooh. Because there are tornadoes were touching down one year. It was a really bad year. And I used to have nightmares about tornadoes. And I don't know if it has to do with the tornado or is the message about me, but I was terrified of tornado for an entire tornadoes for an entire summer and had nightmares about them all the time when I, I might've been around nine or 10. Yeah. Do you have any standout images, like actual dream images besides no. just the, no, just the overarching? Yeah. I, just the overarching. I can't, I don't have a specific dream. I just know that I was having trouble sleeping if, and if there was a storm, God help. I would be up all night and it was illogical. It was, I would phone in those days, you didn't have the internet, you had phone and I would be phoning the um, weather network, checking the weather all the time. I was really quite, <laughs> quite terrified and obsessed about this. And on a bigger scale, it could have been um, a projection of things that were out of control in my life, but, and, it's, oh, yeah, and yeah. you're sort of just projecting it on this weather. Yeah. But yeah, tornadoes was the thing. And I was literally for one entire summer terrified of them. And it just went away. What I, I might have resolved whatever it was. And it just was like, oh, why was I scared of tornadoes for two and a half months? <laughs> I love that, though. Yeah. yeah. And it is it's big air. That's the yeah. spirit of it. And it's in its destructive form, too. It's fine. Yeah. You know, a lot of people call tornadoes the finger of God. You know, it's got all that I kind of. That. Yeah, I grew up in. I mean, I was kind of split between Georgia and Iowa, but Iowa, we would get tornadoes. And, um, and that's where I heard, like I was little, the finger of God was like a thing. Wow. Yeah, they scared me too, but I was so scared I'd want to go out and watch. I'm pretty, like, sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw a toy I... on the Adam and Eve catalog called that the finger of God. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> So I'll never funny. think of it the same way. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> okay. And then, so what about like forest? So let's move, round this out to earth, right? So forest and, um, you know, the, the big wood and all that, or, or even just prairies, earth stuff, earth where the symbol sticks out. Earth. I mean, even besides that nightmare in, in the woods, I, I've, if I've never had it, 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 that's never played in my dreams either. Yeah, because I mean, it's kind of just there, though. I mean, that's the it thing. It's very, and if it is, it's very calming. Yeah. And, and grounding and recharging. I've always seen like, that's why I will go for a walk in the woods in the morning is I'm trying to, you know, I'm like, something's on my mind. And I'm in there and it's whatever the, the energy is in the woods is going to help me sort it out. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, you know, that says a lot about you. Mm -hmm. um so all right what about reoccurring dreams 
I had, when I was married, I had the worst, it's probably the worst dreams that would reoccur. Um, and I, I was with um, my son's dad for 14 years. And I would have reoccurring dreams, uh, different kind, two different ones. I had one where um, I was in the back seat of a truck and my now ex was in the front with his friends and he would turn around and grab a nail gun and shoot me in the head and kill me. <laughs> oh my God. We're divorced. Jeez. We're divorced now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I guess that um, says it all. Um, he's not a bad person, by the way. That's, that would yeah. be unfair. This is dream, was, it's dream this, content. It's dream yeah. content. So he's mm-hmm. not a vi- he was not, he's not a violent bad man. So I want to be clear about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's, a good, he's a good father and he's a good person. So I want to be clear about that. <laughs> um, and then there was another dream that I, ha- I ha- always had a dream that someone was breaking into my house and going to kill me. And um, one night I was having that dream and they were breaking into, it was always a shadowy figure and it was coming into my house and I would have this over and over and over again. And I was convinced that someone was going to break into my house. And one night I was having the dream and I was waking up and there was a shadowy figure in the doorway. And I thought, oh, here, here it has, it's happened. And I jumped out of bed, screamed and I hit it. And I heard this scream. It was just my husband coming to bed. <laughs> I scared him so bad. Oh. And he was like, what are you doing? And, I'm just, <laughs> and I, I had to calm down and explain to him that I was having a nightmare. And I thought someone broke the house. But, and I had this reoccurring dream multiple times for months. And then it, it went away. And then about a few months later, my um, that now ex-husband, he was always, he, he had hired this guy to come and do um, carpentry work. And he was working for him. The guy needed extra money. And I didn't like the guy. And I said, hey, you know, I don't want this guy coming in. There's something wrong. It, it's a whole list of really awful things that happened that I was just like, look, there, this guy is giving signs. I don't want him in the house. And, uh, and long story short, eventually my who now ex finally said, you know what? I don't want you coming around the house. We don't need any more work done. But it was, it was too late. So my ex went to... Um, go hunting so he meant he was gone for two weeks but when he did that he um he um bragged to everybody that he was going hunting because he's rather loud and everybody has to know what he's doing so everybody (laughs) knew he wasn't going to be home and so one night uh, it was like three Hayden was my son sorry I shouldn't say the name but he, he was about three and a half and I was sleeping it was three in the morning that day earlier that man that worker had come by and said oh you know my ex he was going to pay me I said well sorry you'll have to get it when he comes back or something and I shut the door in his face like go away you're not you know there's no work for you and so we went to bed that night and 3 3 30 in the morning I sat straight out of bed and I was like just right straight out of a deep sleep I just sat straight up and I was like somebody's outside the house I just knew it right away. I, there was no sounds. There was no nothing. And I was walking around my house and I'm looking around and I'm, I'm like, okay, you're just being paranoid. You're just being delirious. You're always having these, you know, break into your house dreams. Just, just chill out. There's nobody there. You, you know, I'm checking all the parameters and looking outside. So I'm going back to my room and all of a sudden I hear it bang, bang, bang on the front door. Bang, oh bang, bang. And I'm not sleeping and I realize it's real. And I look <laughs> out to the door and I can see that guy and he's got Ugh. he's got a, a pick his hand he's got a hammer and he's trying to whack <gasps> the door down the door handle in and he was high on crack and cane or something because he could have just smashed the window and gone in and so dumb 
but I was, I started yelling. I got really, really aggressive and I'm like, and, and as soon as he heard me, he knew I was awake and I'm yelling, what the, what, like, I'm not going to repeat what I was yelling, (laughs) but he was, he started pretending that he was hurt and it was the, it was the worst. Like I, I'm looking and he started dragging his hand like on the glass because he was he was on drugs. And so he's staggering and dragging. He's going, help me, let me in. I'm hurt, please. He just went from like trying to break in like a crazy person to pretending he was hurt, trying to get me to open the door. And I'm, I mean, I'm sitting there with a baseball bat and I'm on the phone and I'm calling the cops. And he's like, and then he, as soon as he, I'm calling the cops and I told him, get off my doorstep. And he just goes right back in with the hammer and starts bashing the door handle in again. And I'm calling the cops. And I told him, I said, if you get in here, I'm going to bash your brains on the steps. I'm going to kill you. I was like, because if you get in here and you get me, that, like my son's in the bedroom, like who knows? He was probably going to rob, rape, kill. Who knows? He's a drug addict. And, you know, my ex-husband wasn't very clever. <laughs> He didn't have, he, you know, that's, that's, there's a lot of reasons why we're divorced. <laughs> and um, so it came true. I was having these dreams for months about someone breaking in and it happened. And so I'm like, and it repeated and it repeated. It was like something was telling me and, and no, it's going to happen. And I, I wasn't having, the funny thing is I wasn't having the bad, uh, bad dream that night. I just woke up from a deep sleep straight up. And I knew somebody, I could almost smell, it was like, it's almost like you can smell them, but you can't smell them, but you can just sense them. Like your your Mm -hmm. spidey senses are tingling. Something's different. Someone's around my house. I can feel them. That is incredible. Incredible. It's not only is it reoccurring, it's prophetic and scary. It was. It was like, it was like a horror movie. And, and when I don't think everybody understood how terrifying of a situation it was, my son certainly didn't because he slept through the whole entire thing. But when I tried to tell people like how I, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't stay home for weeks, I couldn't have a shower, I had to go to the gym to have a shower, yeah. I couldn't shower by myself because I was so paranoid, like it just traumatized me. I'm fine. Obviously, after a couple of weeks, I was fine. Everyone's like, ah, you're tough, you can take mode. I'm like, that's not the point. <laughs> Like, no, that messes like, with your sense of security. Yeah, exactly. I find it interesting it happened at three thirty too, which is that you know all too yeah. familiar witching hour. What uh, yeah. kind of religious upbringing did you have, if any? Um, I will. I'm, I think my family was probably um like Anglican, but non-practicing religious. Mm-hmm. So, um, we my mom did tarot cards and stuff like that. So she probably has some alternative views so i i've i was exposed to that Mm -hmm. and um but nothing rigid there was no religious structure in my Mm -hmm. life there was no like let's do a ritual let's do this so there was no it's mostly science for me when i was younger (laughs) right right i don't i don't think that that i i think that that's just something that happens i don't think (laughs) it's like the best time they can get through maybe you know they'll do it at 3 30 it's got nothing to do with uh, jesus or it just happened to be the time that guy ran out of money for drugs and he needed some. Yeah, but think of all the <laughs> yeah. things that happened that led up to that. Mm-hmm. And and for you to be tapping into it at a deep unconscious level, like, you know, remote viewing, essentially, through mm-hmm. your dream. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. And, and the thing is, is once I divorced a lot of these horrible dreams, yeah, I would have them again, even after that scene, they went away. Yeah, that was, I was going to ask about that, especially like, you know, you were having these, clearly it wasn't a happy relationship with, with like the, the truck 
dream and all that. And so they did end after the divorce. They did. Oh, they just went away. I mean, he was not, he wasn't pleasant. It wasn't the pleasant first couple of years, but they literally, I didn't have to live with the situation that I wasn't happy about. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that my ex-husband was standing there with a gun threatening me or a violent person. That's no, it just means you're no. incompatible. That it's incompatible and it yeah. wasn't working. Yeah, and absolutely. You're a sensitive person energetically too, and he could have been projecting a whole lot of shit at you. Well, yeah, and, and for him, everything was always about him, 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 and his personality can be overwhelming. He's a very overbearing, overwhelming, everything was always about him. And, Were you and married to David made... Wilcock? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, I was married to, yeah, no, not... yeah, everything is about him, so it would just have to be, if you tried to take the spotlight, he would get jealous, even though everything was always about him. It's like, well, can I have, you know, some attention at some point in life? <laughs> Was he a Leo? Is he a Leo? Aquarius. Oh, he's got to have like Leo rising. Do you know his chart? <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> I don't that know. Me, his me, chart. me stuff is so Leo. Oh, my, I have, I'm not going to say it. They're probably listening to this. <laughs> I, have but, an uncle, yeah. I have an uncle who's a Leo. <clears throat> so I, I, I have Leo, I have um, Gemini rising, Leo moon. Uncle so I mean, Leo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but it, it can go negative and it can be great too. So yeah, it's not. Exactly. That's, but that's, wow, what, that's some juicy content, Melissa, jeez. I know. I was like, I, I didn't remember this when you called, but I'm like, I'm sure it will come back. Ding, yes, it does. Oh, I, yeah. I don't, I don't have, like, like, I've had a few dreams, but like I said, they show up intensely when it's saying, hey, something's going to happen. Do you, in the, so in the dreamscape, do you, um, I'm thinking about others. So others, other dreamers, in mm -hmm. essence, do you encounter others that are not, that you in the dreamscape feel are not you? So other people dreaming or entities, whatever, that are actually not your content? Hmm. I've never had a shared dream with someone else that I'm aware of. Um, I think I've just, I've, I've like, like that one dream I said about the person that was on the stage. Um, mm -hmm. I really believe like that. It was so clearly and crisply him. It wasn't blurred. It wasn't distorted. It wasn't like he changed into somebody else. Like, you know how sometimes you have a dream and the person starts out as one person and then they change into something else and, yes. they, you know, they don't stay the same. He was clearly and solidly him. Said, and it stayed that way throughout the entire dream. So I really, if it wasn't him, it was like, it was... In, the universe was trying to say, no, this is solidly about this individual and what he's going to do. It's not a projection. It's not your own fear. It's not when it's more hazy. I kind of get the sense that it's me mm -hmm. more than the person I think is what I mean, but I don't ever recall sharing a dream with somebody. Well, I and it have. doesn't have to be someone that is, that, you know, is alive. It could be, yeah. you know, it could be like, a spirit. It could yeah. be whatever you want to call other other sentient beings on the dreamscape i mean it could be an alien i mean there's just so many ways you could wrap that an yeah an alien yeah i'm trying to recall it and i can't recall any um sort of being uh, maybe my higher self but that's me then again yeah that is you yeah. but that but that especially in like union terms presents itself as other 
Yes. You know, that, and it can present itself as like the quadrinity of, quadrinity of your personality. So you're all your, you know, your sensate function, your feeling, and they get different personalities or personas and you interact with them. Yes. Um, what about, so let's talk about lucidity. And, and so I, I, I put a lot of presence under the lucidity tree. So under the lucidity tree is um, all this other language like astral projection, out of body. I just think it's states of lucidity, but so all that stuff, I don't know how you package it, but do you, are you awake in dreams? Do you have it where you're like, I'm dreaming? I know I'm dreaming. And yes. Yeah. There's sometimes where I don't. And there's sometimes where I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm dreaming. I mean, I can't recall specific dreams, but I can recall remembering thinking, oh, I'm in a dream. And what, what is that like when you have that realization, just in like that feeling? I think, I think, I think it's more like you're not, it's, it's actually kind of freeing because you're like, ah, I can just let it go and happen and not tense up. And, or even if anything happens, I'm, I can just, it's, it makes actually a little more, less, more at ease. You're not taking it as literal. You might not yeah. be if, as fi- reacting as physically intense to it. Whereas if you think it's real, you might, your heart rate might rise more. Or you might be less relaxed. Do you get, so in the dreamscape, do you have um, experiences like flying and stuff like that? When I was younger, I, not so much anymore. There, there was a dream, like, like I said, when I was married, that I was trying to fly and they were all pulling me back down and I kicked and struggled free to fly and I've also had dreams where I'm just up in the universe and I just literally lie back and it feels like I I'm not me anymore and I just disperse and I'm the universe but yeah I've lied back and I'm floating in it I don't know if that makes any sense it was a really short fleeting dream and I'm just and it's it was like ecstatic because I'm just I'm floating it's 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 like you're in water but you're not in water and you're just laying there free floating around and you're sort of not like it's like you don't have a body anymore i've had dreams like that but and flying adventurous dreams i i would more when i was younger those i love those yeah what so um so in all this in all this kind of general dream stuff do you what do you think what do you think it all is so do you as far as separate from this waking life you're having what do you think what do you think dreaming is I think, I think, I think it can be a several things. Like I I do think there's a component where we are sorting stuff that we've absorbed from our waking life, you know, our brain sort of absorbing it. But I also think there is, um, it's like a recharge and we're re-communicating and getting, you know, re-affiliated and directed and we're absorbing things that, um, we're not necessarily aware of. Like, it's like, we're being like a lot of those dreams, if I hadn't gone to sleep and dreamt of those things, I would have ignored things completely. I would have never left the marriage. I would have never, you know, been aware of how this person was going to behave and mm-hmm. like for the theater. Like I, th- I think they have a really intense communicative between you and whatever the creative source is. It's, it's, it's definitely a way that you're, it's communicating things with you. Um, and, and also a way that you're sorting things, filing things and sorting things out in your mind, probably to remain sane. <laughs> well, clearly like in the, it, um, 
Right, in the sorting and in, in the analysis type stuff. But you bring in a lot of really great examples where stuff that is actually external that will play out with your prophetic stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, that is a step beyond. So there's definitely more going on than just your psychological content and the daily yeah. shuffling of stuff. Yes. There's a, a definitely a deeper well there. And I think for someone like you who brings all this to the table, I, um, I just wonder, like, do you, so I guess maybe in, in, let's ask this in the reverse. What do you think this state is, this waking state? The waking state. Oh, yeah. I, I think, well, if I, if I go by, I mean, it's definitely a, I, I, I can't say it's a harder state. It, it might feel a little heavier, more denser because of the body. Um, and I think it's just um, a more dense version of dreaming. I mean, when dreaming, you can manifest things really quickly. If you're conscious, like things can show up. And I think for here, we're, I'm not entirely sure that it seems like material, it's solid, and we're collecting data and we're learning different things. I'm not always sure what the purpose of it is, but I, I have a feeling that dreaming is linked to it. Like, it's like, okay, we're collecting the data, we're learning stuff here, and the dreaming process is taking it, shuffling it, and sorting it. But then there's that other element that's warning you and communicating with you about things that maybe you're missing and to help you navigate through this realm. And I'm not... I'm not sure if I buy, like, you know, there's that theory where it's like, oh, this is a school and we're here to learn it. I'm not so sure if it has that point or not, or or we're just here and we've got a job to do for a higher energy. Like, no, I don't no, know, no. are we are we in the cell of something? Are we like in the cell of a body or is there some kind of spiritual thing? Are we here to collect data? I, I, I don't, I, I'm not 100% about it. We had jobs to do and we don't mm-hmm. know. That's fucked up. So I say no way to that. <laughs> that's why is that why is that fucked up that we could be like these energies and we're here to collect data and we have things that we're doing here the and whole, we're bringing stuff back okay so we're in this place whatever it is right this realm where we're ruled by possibly fraudulent system right with all this hidden stuff that we don't understand it's like just another layer of the whole as above so below thing because what i see when i hear those kind of stories is this enormous hierarchy that's been built in the upper planes or lower plane, whatever that is, right? That, you know, they've got plans for, it's more control to me. That's how I see it. I see it all as just more. Really? I didn't, I don't see it as a hierarchy. I just see it as we're like learning stuff for ourselves and we're bringing it back and we're, we're kind of storing it somewhere. I meant the hierarchy in terms of third, 3D, 4D, 5D, wherever these other beings, entities exist. That so you mean in different dimensions? Yes. If we are, an, uh, okay, so look at the higher self, right? That's allegedly our, our other half or whatever you want to call it, twin flame, that's in a higher dimension, right? So we're beholden to this thing that we cannot control. It controls us. And, but but yeah. what if it is us? <laughs> we're just, and it's, we're just down here navigating things. Like, I, I haven't I made the, I, no, I totally get that, right? But what is said by people a lot today is that it's different. It's separate. It's part of you that doesn't fit in your body. It's part of you that can't be here, but it gives you guidance. It's like it's your higher self. I mean, it's what everybody says that is. And I just don't like that whole idea of having these, you know, even the whole idea of the notion of soul groups and soul contracts. 
Come on. I've never had that experience as soul groups and soul contracts. I've never ever had an experience where neither I've had I. a contract with anyone. N neither right. No, <laughs> I don't I get, think there is a contract. I don't think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There, yeah. are lot, there are a lot of people out there who uh, I would call them New Agers for the most part. No, I, I know, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, right, right. I've so they say, you know, before. you have, you know, your life's fucked up and you smoke crack because you have a soul contract to do that. I no, think, I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that's a lot of. Uh, I, th I think you've got fucked up and smoked crack because you just sort of <laughs> got off on a wrong path. Yeah, you, it's a you, lot you of escapism. You, mm -hmm. you can, you can, you can solve it, but it's going to be hard. <laughs> so and that's what well, I mean. Because that's, it takes the responsibility away from your actions. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, but like yeah, and I wasn't referring that we that like there's this hierarchy, but I just like like we're collecting data for a collective consciousness and yeah. we're storing it there and, and 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 it's bigger than us. And it's like that's why we get messages from it because it's right. got a wisdom that we don't have. Yeah, I think that Nish and I pretty much look at that as the collective consciousness. Yeah, mm -hmm. and we're all we're we are expressions of that individuated. I, I, I yeah, and, and I know what you mean by soul contracts and stuff like that. That just sounds too like woo. <laughs> it just it's like oh okay. <laughs> it no, I thought that's just woo. It just sounds very like um. Yeah, I, I don't know the word for it. It just sounds like, oh, is this like illegal? Is there a lawyer there or what's going on? Like it just, I don't I, know. I don't think they're that binding because you can get out of them pretty easily. The interesting <laughs> thing I found out, I, I, I discovered, I suppose you would say, <laughs> about these soul contracts is the, uh, the ease with which they can be undone verbally or with uh, a sigil even makes me think that it's not really there but it's you're assigning some yeah. function of your mental or your psyche to it like i smoke crack because mm -hmm. of the soul contract so i'm gonna say this prayer 10 times it is mantra whatever to get rid of that soul contract to break it so maybe it's yeah. just a mental programming trick maybe i mean we the, do a, mm. we do a lot of conversation about alistair crowley and philema mm -hmm. in our show and and you know how people misinterpret um the whole notion of um do what thy will right and yes so people maybe misinterpret people the have, whole, yeah. they don't have a contract they just have a will they just have something that they're meant to do that they're that will fulfill them and their joy i don't know <laughs> and I know, i'm just i'm yeah. trying to take devil's advocate on the whole you know oh you're you're going to you're on the right path or you're not on the right path because this has been set up for you to do and you have no idea but <laughs> Well, I mean, there, I mean, I guess there could be there could be multiple paths to the same place. I mean, and like the why? shadow, the shadow, our our personal shadows, and this is separate from collective shadows because that's another topic. But our own stuff that seems to sabotage us, so the crack smoker, for example, yeah, um, that that wants to not take responsibility for the action of lighting up and and then moves into all the language about um so you know this can get tied into so much but like the the new age stuff sure the soul contracts but then that same shadow will take and throw science back at you well it's changed my neural pathways and i I've, I've got a chemical response and an addiction also, yes, certainly I'm not denying 
that science. I'm just saying at some point one has to ingest the shadow and that's yeah. where the will. And especially when we talk, start talking like magic, um, this is when actually the application of will comes in. And, and as Jerry said earlier with soul contracts, it is shocking how easily they, you know, in the mythos around them, they can be undone. I give, I no longer have contracts with this, you know, that is, do you know how many times so I've, will, will. Do you know how many times yeah. I tried to break my contracts with the mosquitoes? It never it seems, works. It's very, it's very, <laughs> it's very, I, I, you know what? It's very flaky. And I, <laughs> I can see why a lot of people are like, nah, it's some new age stuff because a lot of it's very flaky and there's not a solid, um, you know, representation there. Well, there's a denial of, especially in the new age stuff, you know, sadly, there is a, you know, there's a lot of the new age stuff ties into all that white light and the happy stuff. And it really denies a lot of the dark shadowy stuff and it pushes it away. I think that's dangerous. It is. And that in and of itself just collects more shadow and darkness. Yes. Well, but then the industry comes up around that saying, well, we're going to do the shadow work, right? We're going to do the soul retrieval (laughs) stuff. And right. And so it gets, it all gets mixed up into. Well, isn't it easier just to admit that humans have bad and good in them? And that, that 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 divide between evil lies right down between you. It, it's the goodies aren't out there, the baddies aren't out there. You're capable of doing those things. According to the Vatican, we're circle, all bad. It's Rohan. a circle with a negative sign and a positive mm-hmm. sign. Exactly. <laughs> right? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Like it doesn't matter if you're left or right or what your politics are. It doesn't matter what your religion is. You're capable of doing bad stuff just because you're human. <laughs> yes and you're capable of doing really good things and you've got some choices (laughs) actually on this melissa in have you ever had any experience like when you're learning something for example um or you're interested in learning something have you gotten has that played over into your dreams where you actually got downloads so to speak um or um information pertaining to something you wanted to learn and it came through in your waking life. You see it a lot in school, like in college, or anytime you're learning something new, sometimes people will dream about that. But the next level, I think, is when, um, oh man, the best way is example. Like when I wanted to learn belly dancing, I actually started learning it in dreams before I ever took a class. And so when I went in to take a class, I was already doing these these drills and these moves, I didn't know what they were called, but I had already done them and mastered them. And so my first teacher was like, uh, what have, you know, why are you in the beginner's class? You're already doing these. I didn't, couldn't tell her the names, but I had learned that in dreaming. Uh-huh. No, I, I know what you mean, but I can't recall anything like that. I can't recall pre-learning something in a dream specifically. Um, I, or I even mean, just I, downloads of information. I, I, I mean, I recall um, artistic ideas. Of, That's what you should. Artistic ideas, absolutely, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I I get a lot of my answers to things. Like I, I I'll be stuck yeah. on something technical. Like I had to do an interactive PDF one time, and I was like, it, it was hideous and horrible, and I couldn't figure out how to solve the issue. And I went to bed, and I was due the next morning, and I had spent so much time, and then. The answer came to me in the dream. Um, I, I had this thing where um, something had to pop up about um, somebody who was an activist in this PDF. And um, I was like, how am I going to make it pop up and look good? How am I going to trigger the button? How am I going to do this? And in the dream, 
the sign, the video that I had popped up it, 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 in the dream, uh, an activist stood there with a sign and went, rah, and held the sign up and the video was on the sign. And then I, I just, <laughs> I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to have a silhouette of an activist with a sign. It's going to pop up and then the video is going to appear and it's going to look really <laughs> <Yes>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That like is that. awesome. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. This is why yeah. I have a Jerry. Yeah. Jerry translated. <laughs> yeah, I know creative ideas come all the time. I mean, like a lot of times if I get too stressed out or it's blocked, I'm like, I'm just going to go to bed. <laughs> That's a like a seriously yeah. an awesome example, though, of yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. And, and and that happens. I think that happens to a lot of people. Like, it does for me, but we've yeah. talked to people that it, it doesn't like yeah. that. There's just no. Well, I think I think you have to be creative in the first place, too. Like, yeah, I think if you're creative and it doesn't happen, I'd be surprised. And well, I've known that I can do that for I've, as long as I've been alive. So it's something I've come to rely on, and it gets stronger too. Because if you really have a problem, like I'm a computer programmer, that's my job, mm -hmm. like a, my real job. And sometimes I get I used to get stuck on problems, and I would go to sleep, and boom, you get the answer in the morning. Like, yep. a, you'll just have an idea how to do it. And it's not necessarily that I had a dream that showed me. It's just, it's next time I think about it, it's there as an idea, ready to go. Mm -hmm. It's like on deck. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like we can hone that. And so that's kind of where I want to go next is, what do you think is the potential here? So say if you actually, for people, we focus hard on, using the dreamscape as a tool. So, and for example, what we were just talking about, but taking that a step further and kind of blending it or meshing it on top of this waking life. Do you, are you getting an image for that? Sorry, say that again, what? S somehow coalescing the dream life, your dream life with your waking life and using, using it as a, a, pushing further into it as a tool, like we were just talking about with these kinds of downloads. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think the potential is? Do you think there, oh. we could attain something bigger, like um, messing with our reality in a real way that is tangible? Yeah, I think, I th I think we, I'm not 100% sure how we could, but I think it might have something to do with the fact that people have to... Um, I think the more rigid you are about things and the more tense you are, I think it's harder for it to come through in dreams. Or and and I think it helps. Like I think that's why creative people get those dreams more often is because they're more open to the fact that it's going to come that way. Whereas somebody else might see something and just dis and discard it. So I think the more open you are and the more likely you are to have that and it probably helps to have um to have you know to have good good solid sleeping patterns too if you're up working and working and you think working harder is going to you know get you get you the answer um and you and you're not letting go of that and you're really rigid you, you're going to miss out opportunities for your mind to actually free up and free i mean whether it's information you already have or whether it's information coming from some other source you can't get it if you're tense and rigid and and you don't believe that that's an avenue that you can take. Do you, so I'm curious about, I, I told you this in the pre-show, the, the state of death. 
and how it plays into all of this. Mm-hmm. So how how it you know like here we are now in waking life and you're having we're all having our experiences, um, and then we can we can kind of bilocate intellectually by thinking about our the past and pulling up dreams from the past and then by locate even further by stepping into the imagery of dreams and recalling them Uh how or what what do you think death is as far as all of the states of consciousness context is concerned i i i well death death would probably be and I mean, I can't say 100%, obviously nobody can because we haven't experienced it, but- That's think, why we love yeah, this. Yeah. I think, <laughs> no one knows. I think death would just be the end of consciousness in this realm. I don't think it's the end per se. I, um, I, 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 I gather that you actually might be more able to connect to that realm that we do when we dream um, at a faster, higher, more accessible rate when you're, you know, when you actually pass from this realm. Do you think that you lose some of your persona or your ego or the you, you know, the, the Melissa? Yeah, I think, I think you do shed some stuff. I, that wouldn't surprise me if you did. Um, I, I can't imagine why when you die, if you actually let go of this earth, why you would take a lot of your, your traumas and your injuries with you. I, I think, I mean, maybe you do. I, I, I think, like, when people say ghosts and haunting places, I don't think that's really you. I think that's sort of a, a trauma or pain that's left behind, honestly. I, I think you would leave that behind, and it might, that's, I think that's why ghosts sort of get less reported over time, perhaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, like, it's the trauma just sort of fades away and diminishes. But I, I don't think you carry all of it with you. You might have that core with you that's always there, but I don't think you're, 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 I think you have to let release and let it go. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It's um, one, this is why I like talking about all the stuff that's kind of free range, free game, uh, open, because no one really knows. And the fun is in shedding that whole kind of fact check reality because that closes in the narrative and we can, we can really ponder some ideas here talking about consciousness. Have you ever, um, have you ever done psychotropics and had like, I don't, so of course you don't have to answer this. Um, Mm -hmm. have you ever done psychotropics mushrooms or something like that with, and had an altered state of consciousness through that kind of state? When, when I was really young, I did LSD a few times and then I didn't I, I didn't like it felt like a loss of control of being able to sleep actually and I didn't like that it would make me stay up for days and I just experimented with some friends and, and I did it a few times and that was it I was like no I'm never I, I'm not interested in doing this and I don't know I think DMT was something completely different we've actually done a show about it where I was like that would be interesting to do but I'm not I'm not I'm not entirely sure that I feel like I need to do it to be mm-hmm. honest right now like I don't feel like I need to maybe some when, people feel like they need to I've been I haven't done it I, I haven't done DMT mm-hmm. I'm actually curious to do it although I have control issues mm-hmm. so that was one of my issues with LSD when I was young um yep. control issues on LSD lead to a bad trip <laughs> yeah 
I just, so. I just didn't like that I couldn't sleep. And I was pulling like, like a 48 hour. I didn't, I was like, I want to sleep and I can't. It was making me like paranoid and having issues. And I didn't like that. Adren- yeah, the paranoia is Adrenochrome's a way to go, guys. Adrenochrome's a way to go. I've never, what's adrenochrome? No, I'm kidding. It's, it's, it's a chemical. <laughs> I'm like, what it's is a that? super stimulant <laughs> produced by the pituitary thyroid. I don't remember. But people, like, could be the pineal gland. I don't know. It's some chemical it's like it's the hormone that's released that kicks your adrenaline glands on ah. okay so Ooh. if you ingest that it will like kick your adrenaline glands on can, full blast can that wear can that wear your adrenal glands out if you're always if you're putting them in a high, hard drive <laughs> i would imagine probably. yes yeah. myself it's probably not good for your kidneys either no adreno issues are a big deal these days too yeah they are because a lot of people um, exercise and go crazy and they don't eat the good fats and healthy food and they exhaust their adrenals. <laughs> they, they, they load up on low-fat food and get all those bogus exactly. carbs. Yeah. Exactly. When, so, but when you did, um, way back when you did LSD, did it open your mind up in any way that was... Um, you were never I mean, the same I can say, I can say right? for me that it changed my outlook. It did, even though, and I stopped doing it because I started to have like that paranoia stuff creep in and I don't like that feeling at all. No. And, um, but, and that's where my control, I felt out of control. Well, it did in the fact that, I mean, there was one time where I'm, I, I actually decided to walk home in the dark from this place to my family's house, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I'm like hallucinating, but I'm like, I'm I'm like I did it and <laughs> yeah. and I'm I'm walking through this park and I'm walking it probably took me like two hours to do a 20 minute walk and um I'm sitting there and all of a sudden this dog starts like running out of the shadowed area of the trees and I was like oh where'd that dog come from and it's running and I'm watching it and it's got this like it's just movement was just so dude it was like magical and then I was like oh hi doggy and all of a sudden it just goes and disappears and I was like that was probably like I hadn't had a hallucination on it that intense. Things were actually fairly subtle. And when I saw I, that's like, amazing. When I, yeah. When I woke up, when I like later, when I was more sober, I was like, hey, I'm like, what? Like if chemicals can make you do that, maybe like, like, I, I don't think that explains every kind of phenomenon that everyone's having as a hallucination, because then you'd have to explain group hallucination and all that stuff. But, um, but it's, it was like, what is going on that I was able to see that but I did notice that something interesting about when you're doing LSD is that your uh, your pupils are severely dilated that's yes. true that's true of almost and, all antigens yeah so it's like you're you're severely dilated and so I I, I don't do a lot of research on that but I, I remember thinking I'm guessing the fact that I'm letting so much light into my eyes all the time is probably a reason why I'm hallucinating. <laughs> well, maybe you're actually so, able to perceive um, the fringe of the spectrum with, with of the visible. Oh, the visible us. spectrum yeah. when you've got your eyes that dilated. That mm-hmm. I, you know, I did ask when I was a kid, when I was a teen, and it was you know, it's it's what people say. Well, I I, I don't know how to put this one. When you do it as a teenager, you don't look at the world different. You look at the world differently from from that day after forever. You know, there was, yeah. I knew there was something underneath reality when I did acid because mm-hmm. I saw the patterns of it. I saw basically the matrix. You know, so yeah. um, 
Yeah. It, yeah. Same it's, here. It's a. Uh, it's just uh, one of those. I th- I think of it as a like a right to pass it for kids, and I think that's why it's illegal too. Yeah. We can't have all these free thinkers running around. Well, it does. It leads it definitely, and it, there is something to be said about the structure of this reality. So mm-hmm. we know we know that we only perceive a small spectrum of visible light. And outside of that spectrum, there's stuff going on because we have technology now to look through, you know, infrared and all that. And so um, I think that, and especially, and then people who get involved in doing like magic stuff and active imagination. I mean, I can wrap this up in a lot of different packages, the terminology, but it all comes back to, um, how we're perceiving the environment around us and how can we uh, interact with it in a way that possibly shifts things to our, our liking. I mean, that's what magic is, is, you know, to trying to be the one in control, even if you're in essence, letting go is some of the Zen stuff is letting go to let it happen. Mm-hmm. That's still an, that's a, still an exercise in will. <laughs> You're still yes. letting go. Yeah, it's so, true. That's where I'm so that's all I think that for me that always brings up like the end of this section of um Nox Mente is kind of beyond this state of where we are now. And um of course the obvious is is death, but that's kind of that's kind of that. And then we usually will get into some woo-woo if there's some that came up we we did find some woo-woo here and questions i have questions i would like to hear more about your paranormal research stuff and how you've worked that into your podcast now and your general thinking you know has matured i'm sure since then yeah i mean i started out in graphic design and i got in with them i started a group called the curious 14 originally with um, matt cook and um, and I start writing on that blog, and then it dispersed. Everyone dispersed to do their own things. And John and I had done some shows on um, where did the road go? Took me a while to remember that. But I I, I had written some <laughs> blogs, and I I never saw myself as a researcher. I just someone you know the Curious Fourteen needed someone to write, and I was like, well, I can write. I've written lots of history essays and stuff like that. So I, I write and I, I don't know that I'm always like 100% accurate, but I seem to get into more liking to look at occult um, ideas. And that's appeared in, in the podcast that I do now. So I mean, from where did the road go? Um, my, my friend, um, John Chadwick is an illustrator. And he was just like, well, we should do some kind of project. And it just we just started developing it because I was like, well, what can you do with them? Um, you know, the skills that we have? And the fact that, I mean, John, my um, podcast partner is, um, you know, he was an actor and he did mediumship. And so he's all into this sort of stuff. And we, you know, I have, you know, family that did medium stuff. And I have, I, I lived in a haunted house when I was like younger on the East Coast. So those sort of things just I, I, unplanned just sort of came into this project to to do it. and we just decided, well, why don't we um, draw peoples? Like that's, no one's doing that. Why don't, why doesn't John sketch 
author's stuff and maybe they can use it, maybe they don't want to, we can put it up, we can have prints, it's a possibility of products or people might actually like this stuff and then we get to talk to people and learn stuff and interview and develop more skills that we don't necessarily have. Um, I would like to write more and do stuff but it's it's timing and the time's being spent. I'm, I do a lot of the stuff, the editing, the show, the website, the design stuff and putting everything together and the questions and the research and and so it's there's there's not a lot of time for writing but we do have a space in our blog we've actually we're actually doing an experiment with our show and we did a pilot show where we were testing but the sound didn't work out so we never released it and on that show it was called um family um families visiting from beyond the grave and so we were just discussing that topic and we told the story about this cat that was like a curse and it's, it was from Oxenby, England. And we think it was just like a mythical story that it never actually, the, man, the manor house didn't exist, but it was this cat that was mutilated, boiled alive, and, and, and it, it returns to um, forewarn the, the people of the manor of impending death that's going to happen to family members. And so we were sort of doing this little... Um, experiment because John drew a picture of him and we never got to release it so we've sort of doing because we were fond of the the drawing where um, we called it Oxenby where the cat is now a staff member so we're going to take him and he's going to be writing blog posts and stuff on our site to see if we can kind of do like a little cat talk but we're doing an experiment to see if Oxenby actually like can hold like an energy we're doing a test <laughs> where we're Oxenby is we're creating him as an actual person on our staff and and so that's sort of a neat we're not i'm not writing a blog but we're sort of like okay well let's experiment with this and see what happens in this form of this character is it going to be represented physically um it's represented as a drawing mm -hmm. physically so he's on there as okay. a staff member picture so he's there and then he's going to be doing writing and i'm not going to be i'm going to have an a, a random person that nobody knows perhaps writing on his behalf or so, perhaps multiple people it's a fake character <laughs> yeah i love this okay i, I, I love I, it i went a completely different way right right it's a thought form or a servitor or yeah this. yeah but it's but we're like we're like um doing a little experiment with it to see if 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 you talk about something so much and he's and and oxenby's not really real does it does, does it become real it does somewhere. absolutely yeah. <laughs> Apparently, in this thing it's called the, observation uh, thing. the Neosphere yeah. is where it goes. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's I had funny. a question actually from uh, Oswald Spangler. Was that wanted to ask if um, are you related to the writer and occult sci-fi podcaster J.F. Martell? No, I'm not. Martell's actually not my real last. It's not my family last name. My name. grandfather. My grandfather was an in an orphanage when he was young and um he got taken on by this family named martel his last name was walsh and they stuck martel on him then they put him back in the orphanage and they just didn't take the last name martel so actually not a martel that's interesting it's so <laughs> but strange I like, that i like the last name so i'm going to keep it <laughs> yeah it's a good last name yeah. it's just strange that that kind of thing happens yeah yeah and this would have been in like the 40s or 30s or something like that so that stuff happened all the time. When my, my grandfather came over, they gave his name was uh, Emilio Danatello. They gave him a name, Danny Daniels. 
Yeah, that, wow. that's so common. Like the Ellis Island renaming was what's carrying on. He's not even actually a blood relative. It's my mom's stepfather, so but still. Yeah. <clears throat> I have no more questions. That's it. Did you ask in the chat? I here? did. There's no one in chat. We got a light show tonight. Now, see, now that we've started putting out the show in podcast format, so no one shows up. Oh, so people tune in later when they can. Yeah. I see. I just clicked over. It looks like 17, 18. Yeah, only Oswald's in here. I hope you know there's a porn star. Oh, so they're lurkers. There's actually two porn stars named Danny, Danny Daniels, or possibly three. One's a transsexual. Check out a bump on my head. Okay, I'm just reading. Oh, that was from the mosquito bite I was talking about. <laughs> oh. See oh, and that's our personal chat, yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry. That's okay. Yeah, I got All no, right. no more questions. I think we're done. Great show. Another one in the can. This was fun. Yeah, Melissa, thank you. I cannot believe how much great content you brought. This was, wow. especially with the, um, the stuff I'm really super, super interested in. So at the top of my list is this, um, the, uh, the fortuitous stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. I keep trying to find a better word for it. The but, synchronistic things. Yeah, the synchronistic stuff, but the stuff that was tapping outside of time space. So you're having the dreams about it, and then you're able to apply it in your waking life, or mm -hmm. these things actually come to fruition in to your fruition. waking life. It's uh, uh, uncanny, and the I, stories you brought. I always just assumed that that's what dreams were for, but then I realized that a lot of people don't have those, or at least no. they don't remember, they don't use them. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's what my dreams are for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small percentage of people, mm -hmm. at least that, that we've been talking to. And it's they're yeah. there, but it's a very small percentage. I think everyone's provided with this gigantic toolbox of things to use and whether or not they pay attention to it, allow it into their awareness or, or utilize those tools, it's up to them. Well, one of the things that just off the top of my head without really ruminating on this conversation with you, Melissa, is you weren't brought up in any real religious dogma. No, I mean, I believe we all have that, especially in the West. I mean, we, it's hard to avoid the Christian background. It's out there, but it wasn't there. pushed in you. But it's impossible. It, it wasn't part of... Um, like my mom, we, we didn't do church. We didn't do anything. It was very relaxed and there was no religious preaching at all. There might've been, you know, be on time and don't lie, <laughs> but those are good things. So um, I, I didn't have that intense religious background at all. In fact, my family was fairly anti-religion for the most part because of the Catholic orphanage my grandfather was raised in and severely oh. abused. So where he got named Martel. Yes, and they were very abusive, and my grandmother was in an orphanage for a while when she was older, and they were very, like, they were not fond of that, so. Not it's, fond of that. But I've, I've noticed this with other people that have these kind of fortuitous, are able to take, you know, have this ability, seem to have not had a lot of religious stuff pushed on them at a young mm -hmm. age. It's, it's definitely one of those underlying things I'm noticing. Yep. And like and, I said, yeah, I had a more free-flowing, chaotic childhood, like move-around childhood, so not a structured one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that plays into it, too. But you, yeah. I mean, you really, you're really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I would like, I, if I were you, I would be tapping into it even further, trying to push it. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so, all right. Well, I guess that's, it's a yeah, wrap. That's great. Thank you, Melissa. Did you want to talk about anything of your stuff that you want? Um, well, if anybody wants us to find us, you can find the podcast or anything about John or I. Just go to www.espirit.tv or come on our Facebook at um, Drawing Out the Spirits podcast. And all these links are in the show notes and in our Discord server show note channel. And let's thank everyone who played along at home and for our live studio audience. <laughs> Uh, please join us next week when we have uh, Greg Carlwood from the Higher Side Chats as our guest. So until then, uh, remember that downvotes are negative karma. So always give us a thumbs up. Have a good <laughs> night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, good night. Melissa. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night.